Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. That's first in your own life. Test it, scrutinize it, examine it, examine your own walk. America, we have slipped, and we need to repent. We need to repent and come back to the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. We need to come back, because guess what? Patriotism, even though I'm a patriot and I love my country, don't get me wrong, patriotism is not going to save anyone, but Jesus alone saves. Remember that. Don't mix the two. Welcome, everyone, to our Bible study on Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob continues to examine how John tells us to test the spirits among us. Testing the spirits is a work of the body of Christ. This job is to be done using gifts of discernment God has given to Christians in general, especially the leadership of the congregation. All prophecy is to be judged by scriptural standards. It is never to be received just because it is dramatic or given by a certain person. We trust the principle that God will never contradict himself. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's study. Very strongly here. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Examine them, scrutinize them, prove whether this thing is true or not. It's amazing to me how blessed we are in this country And yet for all of the Bible resources that we have, print and online, we have access to the Scripture through radios, through books, through the Internet. We are in need of the truth again. You know, there was a time when the U.S. of A. were exporting missionaries to other countries, and now we have need for missionaries to come from without and come inside and tell us. And why is that? Because we are in a place in our country, I believe this with all my heart, because there's been a couple of generations now that have not taught their kids the truth about Jesus Christ. They've, they've sent them to public schools, and that's okay if you're dialoguing with your child. If you know your child, you know sometimes that's okay. You, you, you do that if you have to. But you keep in touch with them. You don't leave the public school to bring up your child. You, when they come home, you talk to them. What did you learn today? Well, Mom and Dad, this is what they said. They said that we evolved from apes. Well, honey, this is what the Bible says. This is the truth. They're wrong. Amen? <laughs> I mean, they're wrong, and I don't care who they are. I don't care how smart they are. I don't care how many pedigrees they have after their name. They are wrong. They are wrong. But we are in that time in our country, just like Joshua and the children of Israel in the Old Testament. If you remember, after Joshua had brought them into the promised land, 
And there were several years where Joshua was with them, and even the elders who were with Joshua. And there came a time when Joshua died, and all the elders who were with him died also. And this is one of the most scary things. We've been talking, and we've been going through Joshua on Thursday nights, but look with me. Let me just read to you Judges chapter 2, verses 7 through 9, because this is where we are at right now. It says, So the people served, the children of Israel, they served the Lord all the days of Joshua, all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old, and they buried him within the border. Um, they buried him within the border of Timnath Heres in the mountains of Ephraim, on the north side of Gaish. And I forgot to put the rest of the verse in there. <laughs> this really is funny, isn't it? I forgot to add the other verse. These are the most important ones. In verse 10 of that chapter, it says, When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. That's what happened. When all that generation had been had passed away, there arose a generation that did not know the work of the Lord which he had done for Israel. They didn't know it because they didn't tell their kids. Isn't that what Joshua, you know, you look in Joshua chapter 4, as they were going across the Jordan and, laying, and taking the stones out of the Jordan and then putting other stones in the Jordan, and they were there for stones of remembrance. So when their kids asked them, what do these things mean? They would rehearse for them and tell them the faithfulness of God. Are you teaching your children, your grandchildren, are you being faithful to tell them every day, 15 minutes even, 20 minutes, whatever the the Lord gives you, but get into the word with them, teach them, because we are living in a generation where families have abandoned it altogether. Now now we live in a, a completely wicked culture. Anything but the truth. Anything but the truth. Just lie to us. We'll gobble it up. That's what's happening. And folks, we are in that place right now as a, as a country. And we need to wake up to it because one day we're going to wake up and we're going to find that all of these things that we have held precious and that have, God has given to us as a gift are going to be gone. They're going to be legislated. We're going to be labeled a hate crime. It's going to be a hate crime for me to read out of the word of God, and I'll go to jail for it. I don't mind. In Ken Ham's book, Gospel Reset, he he talks about two different types of people. And it's a really good book if you don't have it. It's a short book, an easy read. But he talks about two different cultures. He talks about the Acts 3 culture. And the Acts 3 culture was a culture that Peter ministered to on the day of Pentecost. They were Jews. They already knew the foundation of the scripture. They were brought up with it from the moment they were born. So it was very easy for him to switch the gears and say, this is Jesus, the one who all the prophets have talked about for hundreds of years. Oh, the light bulb goes off, 3,000 get saved. And then it also talks about another culture in Acts 17. And Paul visited that culture in Athens. He went up onto the Areopagus, the Mars Hill, and he taught to a bunch of intellectuals who are just interested in hearing good things, things that made them you know, tantalize. It entertained them. What new thing does this babbler have to say? And unfortunately, that wasn't, I believe, Paul's finest hour. And I think he learned a lesson there. It wasn't all bad. There were a few souls who came to Christ as a result of what he shared there. 
but they didn't have a foundation. There was no foundation. Paul was talking beyond them and even bringing in secular sources to try and win them to Christ, but their foundation wasn't there. They had no foundation like the Acts 3 culture did, those Jews who knew. We live in the Acts 17 culture. About 60 or 70 years ago, families went to church together. Whether they actually lived it out completely or not, there was a morality in this country, somewhat. Somewhat. They had a reverence for it. They had been exposed to it. But now there's a couple generations now that have never even heard of it. Because the schools won't allow it. And because people are so busy and caught up in making money, they, they, they don't have time for it. They'd much rather just set their child down in front of the Disney Channel. America has been seduced by many spirits and have not rather tested them. They've been listening to other voices. And the reason they haven't tested them is because America has lost its foundation biblically. We've lost our foundation as a Christian. We've lost our foundation. Our foundation has crumbled and is crumbling It's been eroded and replaced by the thinking of many of the educators in our public schools and universities. Not all of them, but many of them. They now teach evolution as fact. You all know this. They even brought about the idea that even though a man is born a male, now he has the right to choose what he feels his gender is. What he feels his gender is? So one day I can be a man and I can go into the ladies or the men's bathroom and the other day I can feel like a woman and go into the... It's crazy. Do you see the Pandora's box that has been opened? Why is it only the Christians who understand this? Why isn't everybody else waking up to this? It's crazy. The box has been opened. It's a bunch of nonsense. And the educators in places of prominence are revising and sanitizing history and science and textbooks that our children are reading in schools and in the universities. Our foundation has been eroded by books and music and television. And by our love of ease and convenience, we become lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. And many of you may not fit that bill, okay? But, you know, there, there are some people, especially outside, and, and, and maybe even some of us, we have to examine ourselves. Isn't that what it says? Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. That's first in your own life. Test it, scrutinize it, examine it, examine your own walk. America, we have slipped, and we need to repent. We need to repent and come back to the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. We need to come back, because guess what? Patriotism... Even though I'm a patriot and I love my country, don't get me wrong, patriotism is not going to save anyone. But Jesus alone saves. Remember that. Don't mix the two. I love my country and I want to fight for our freedoms just like anybody else does. But don't ever confuse patriotism with Christianity. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, Peter said this, he says, speaking about the genuineness of our faith, he says, Your faith, being much more precious than gold that perish, perishes, though it is tested by fire, the idea is the same. It's the same word that we looked at here. It, it, it needs to be examined. It needs to be scrutinized. And a lot of times my faith can't be scrutinized unless I go through things. I go through things in my life. I, I go through things just in the natural course of things. Things happen, don't they? And, and, and they do have a way of testing us. Where am I really at? Where am I really at? 
Because sometimes if, if things are going really well, I, I don't really know. I don't really know. But God sometimes allows these difficult things in our life, and they bring us right to the core, don't they? They smash us like powder. And then, and then, we, then we're like, we, we find out really where our faith is really. Where do we go? Do we go to the psychologist? Do we go to the pill cabinet? Do we f- try to find our sorrow, our answer, in the bottom of a bottle of Jim Beam? Where is it that you go? Peter said, Lord, where can we go? Jesus looked at him one time and his disciples says, Are you guys going to leave as well? Does this offend you? And Peter said, Lord, where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words. So be careful what you watch, what you listen to. We need to read our Bibles like never before, and we need great, great discernment. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's, uh, Paul is speaking about spiritual gifts, and let me just read to you. Actually, turn there with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We looked at this last week, if you remember, and we're going to pick up in verse 4. Remember, we were talking about Jen Dolly and that word of knowledge that the Lord had given to her. Are the, spirit, are, are the gifts of the Spirit alive and, and, and happening today? Yes, they are. They are. They're happening in this church. I've seen it. I don't, need to wor- I don't even need to be concerned myself whether it's really happening or not. These are gifts of the Spirit. Are they for you only? No. It says, as, look at with me in verse 4, 1 Corinthians 12. It says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given, what? To each one for the profit of me. No, for the profit of all. It's for the profit of all, isn't it? The gifts that he gives you is to profit all. Weren't we all profited? by what we heard about with Jen. Wasn't that a profit to us? Profit meaning P-R-O-F-I-T, right? It was a profit to us. It benefited us. We were encouraged. For to one is given the, w- the word of wisdom through the, the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge, which the Lord did through her, through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and here's another one, to another discerning of spirits. And this is what we need today. That's what, we're, that's what our text is telling us. We need to test the spirits, scrutinize them, approve of them, examine them, look at them. Do they really, do they really add up? You remember that Paul admonished the the Bereans in Acts chapter 17. You know this verse. He admonished the Bereans. He says, Therefore, the Bereans were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word of God with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find whether these things are true. Are you reading your Bibles? Are you looking at the world in the lens through this? Because if you're not, you're going to have a really warped sense of things. Aren't you glad that God loves you so much that he gave you the word of God so that you can look in it and you can say, wow, you've really shown us the end, haven't you, Lord? You've shown us what's coming. And does he do that so that he can scare us? No. What scares me is when I don't know what's coming. When I see things going the way they are and I don't know what's coming, that's scary. But he loves you enough to tell you the truth and tell you in advance so that you're not going to be overcome with much sorrow. You're not going to be taking pills at night to go to sleep. You already know what's coming. And you know the extent of what's coming. I don't know about you, but that's comforting. There's a limit to what God allows. And he tells us very plainly what it is. 
And it's coming to pass. You better believe it. It's happening right before you. The gift of discernment. In Acts chapter 16, the Lord gave Paul this discernment right before, and, and, and his discernment actually called him and caused him and Silas to be thrown in the Philippian jail. What does it say for us in verse 16 of Acts chapter 16? It says, Now what happened as he went to prayer that a certain slave girl, Paul, as he went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried saying, These men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. That sounds like a really good message. Hey, come back next Tomorrow, and, and herald that as we walk. That's a really good message. But God doesn't need a demon to tell what he's about to do. God has his people do that. He doesn't need a, a, a young girl possessed by a demon. And she did this for many days, but Paul, being greatly annoyed, having discernment that this was not of the Lord, originally, from, if you look at the words by themselves, you would think, this must be of the Lord. Praise the Lord, where does this girl come from? She's telling everybody what we're about to do. These are the servants of the Most High God to tell us and lead us into the way of salvation. Sounds like a good thing, but Paul said, you know what? There's something not right about this. He had discernment. Something outside of himself. Just something wasn't right. Why did he know that? Because he knew the truth. He knew the truth so much that when the counterfeit came along, it just screamed. Have you been in a situation like that? All the words seem just fine, but underneath you're like, man, there's just something wicked here. And first be a discerner over your own spirit before you look at others and start pointing fingers. The spiritual discernment needs to start at here, right? It needs to start right with yourself before we start slashing out, right? Peter did this too. Remember Ananias and Sapphira giving a great sum of money but Peter knew that the motivation behind them was something completely different. Remember, Barnabas sold a piece of land, and he gave everything. I'm sure he didn't parade it around, but he, he just he, the Spirit of God tells us that he just gave everything, and he didn't make a big fanfare. He didn't have a, a, a convertible going through the town with you know, you know, streamers and you know, sitting on the back of it you know, and with his wife and the mayor of the city. No. But then Ananias and Sapphira come, and they say, hmm, we can be popular too. We can be seen as something. What can we devise? What kind of craft can we do? Let's sell the property and only give back half of it. And you know, God doesn't have a problem with them selling a million dollar property and giving 10 grand to the church. He doesn't have a problem with that. You can keep it all, actually. But what the, their sin was is they feigned that they had given all. And the Holy Spirit caught them and says, You know what? Didn't he say that? Wasn't it, in your, wasn't, wasn't it yours in your own possession? You didn't need to bring anything. But no, the sin came when they had the appearance that they were something, that they had made this great sacrifice for God. God says, keep it. Keep your money. Give out of the right heart. And God loves that. He loves a cheerful giver. He loves people who give because they love him. Because they're involved in with what he's doing. When you give to that, that is a good thing. But if your motivation is to be an elder in the church and you want to give and the pastor's like, well, wow, if I just, you know, if I accept this check of, you know, $30,000 or $300,000, this guy's putting a lot of pressure on me. He wants, he wants to be on the board. Keep your money and go somewhere else. Someone else will take your money. Verse 2, by this you know 
the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. This word know is the Greek word gnosko. It's an experiential knowledge. It's not just a knowledge, a head knowledge. It's a, it's a knowledge that is gained through doing, through seeing something firsthand. It's a wonderful knowledge, actually. It's the same word that is used in the Old Testament. It's the same word where it talks about a man and his wife when they know each other intimately. It's the same word they know. Adam knew his wife. Of course he knew her. That's Eve. No, but it's saying something a little bit different there. He knew her. He knew her physically. He knew her intimately. As a husband and wife should. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Anti could mean against or it could mean in place of. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming. Notice, you've heard this, guys. You've heard this was coming, John is telling his audience, and is now already in the world. What was, what was, why was this letter written to begin with? There were at least four things, the reason this letter was written. One was to encourage the church in their fellowship and their relationship with God. The other one was to encourage the church in what they had already heard and what they've already known, and also to warn them concerning not only the physical Antichrist, which hasn't arrived on the scene yet, but certainly the spirit of Antichrist, which he says was already then in the world, and also to combat false teachers and false doctrine, and the heresy prevalent at that time, which was known as Gnosticism. Gnosticism. But see, Jesus has come in the flesh. The Gnostics in John's day did not believe that Jesus was fully God and fully man. They believed that he was a ghost or a phantom. That when he walked, he didn't leave footprints. <laughs> and a fancy word, here's a fun word for you, don't try to spell it. Docetism. They held to this idea of docetism. And that's basically any teaching that claims that Jesus' body was either um, absent or illusory, meaning it was just an illusion. That's what they believed in. That was one of the tenets of Gnosticism. But see, Jesus was not a phantom. He wasn't a spirit. Remember when he crossed the water to, on the Galilee? If you come to Israel with us, we're going to go out in the boat and we're going to set in the middle of the Galilee. I hope there's a really cool storm too. That'd just be awesome. <laughs> and the waves coming over the boat. Wouldn't that be awesome? And then we'll just cry out to God. Wouldn't that be cool? But he said they, they were scared. They were scared because they thought he was a phantom. Jesus was not a phantom. He was 100% God and 100% man. And this is one of the reasons why John is writing this. Anyone who knows, who's, um, believes that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and if they don't, they are not. So it is important that we know that Jesus has come in the flesh. You better believe it. In Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15, go there, please. Open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15. What does it say? He, speaking of Christ, is the image... He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things... Notice, this Jesus, by him all things were created. Do you see that? Jesus created. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning 
the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have what? The preeminence. Verse 19, here it is. For it pleased the Father that in him, in Christ, all the fullness of the Godhead should dwell in him. All the, all fullness, all the fullness should dwell in him. In Colossians chapter 2, just go over one chapter and look at verse 8. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.